who would have imagined? A virgin with child, a fiance's acceptance, a lowly cattle stall, forewarn shepherd, angels, wise men, and an overcrowded nothing of a city called Bethlehem. Who would have imagined that the very one who spoke the world into being would crowd his deity into the body of the helpless one? The one who hung the stars would be greeted by the star shining brightly over his manger. This is the mystery of Christmas. This is the story that has been told and retold for thousands of years. And all the telling and retelling, the mystery still remains. Our hearts and our minds are held captive by the possibilities that God would love so much that he would send his only son to die in our place, making us right with him. This is the mystery of Christmas. This is the adventure of December. Let's journey together to the star-flooded fields, to a lowly stable, to shivering young parents, and behold God in flesh. As we behold, let us do more than gaze, let us worship. For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given. This is the mystery of Christmas. For the last four weeks, I've watched that visual of that little baby's heaving cry, and I'm captivated by that. There were shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. You know, I'm a skeptic at heart. I don't know if any of you are like that, but you know, I, I grew up in kind of a scientific mode. I, I wanted to know facts. I wanted to know things. I want to analyze her. I wanted to make sense. And the first time I go to Israel, I go to this place outside of Bethlehem called the Shepherd's Field. And I am so skeptical. You see, I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Florida where tourism meant that you were going to hoodwink some folks with some cash, usually rednecks from Alabama. <laughs> Can y'all relate to that? And so deception was something I was always trying to smell out. And we were standing there in the shepherd's field, quote unquote, listening to this guy pontificate about how this was the place where all of this took place. And I'm going, yeah, right. I finally pulled the guy to side and said, look, Bobby, you know, I'm a pastor, I've been a pastor, you know, so don't sell me this stuff. Really, what's the deal here? And he goes, oh, no, no, Scott, this is really the place. I went, no, come on, come on. He says, you know, you might have been around here. He goes, no, 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 this is the place. Well, so how do I know this place? Come here, I want to show you something. So we walked down the hill and there sat a well. He said, this is a well that's been here for over 4,000 years. This is the only well located outside of Bethlehem. This is the only place that shepherds could keep their flock and provide water for them overnight. In fact, these shepherds could not go into town because they were outcast. This is the place where the holy announcement happened and everything in history changed. How God would come near in this place. And I stood there in that field overwhelmed with the evidence 
That night, the normal was invaded by the divine. The night sky was ablaze with the glory of God and the insecurities of outcast shepherds was shattered by the God who knows and sees and has a fondness, a fondness for the broken. Standing there, my mind raced with the profundity of the announcement, this event, the thinning of heaven to earth that changed history. And in the center of that announcement, and this is what I want to focus on tonight, y'all, in the center of the announcement was joy. Joy. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a Baptist church where joy was something you better not have, especially not when you came to church. You know, you're supposed to leave the happy clappy at home. That was for the Pentecostals. They had all the fun. But in the center of that announcement was joy. Joy, the longing of the human heart. Joy, the strength to live and the contagious nature of the human spirit. Joy. Joy that we need and we long for. Joy that's not found in the circumstances of our lives, but is found wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The angels declared it. The shepherds reveled in it. And joy has come. And boy, I think we need it. You see, during these hurried days, joy seems fleeting. The stress of the season, the pressure of the day, the crowd into the closed jar of unmet expectations set on the back shelf of our minds, never to be found, much less unsealed and enjoyed. But joy has come, has come for us. Joy that changes you. Joy that is accessible, unbreakable, and personal. Joy that's not wasted on selfishness, but spread contagiously, changing all who taste its sweet, broken seal. Joy to the world. So let's go to the shepherd's field. Let's hear about this joy. And let's this joy so grip our hearts that we sing our way out of here about this king who's come close here on this Christmas Eve. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you want to say to us tonight. And I'll pray, I pray that you speak through me. That it'll not be my words or my thoughts or even the way I would normally think or speak. But what you have to say to these people that you love and I love as well. Father, there's some here tonight that have been forced to come by their relatives. But Father, whatever the circumstances of our attendance I pray that just like those shepherds in that field, we'll be overwhelmed with glad tidings of great joy that shall be for us tonight here in Wimberley. And I thank you for what you're going to say. And I pray this in your name. Amen. As I prepare for Christmas Eve, and I love Christmas Eve. This is like my 38th Christmas Eve service as a pastor. In fact, we're doing three this, this year. I've done as many as nine Christmas Eve services about the time you get to the eighth one, you forget why there's joy in the world. Just saying that. But tonight's the second one. And as I thought about joy, that there were some things of truth. And I just want to give you a few tastes of truth tonight about joy. And the first joy that I see in this is God came to rescue me. There's a song out by this lady named Lauren Daigle. And every time she sings it, I get a lump in my throat. And she says, and I will send out an army to rescue you in the middle of the storm. And I don't know about you, but there's been seasons in my life where the storm has raged and God has come to save. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in the book of Romans. 
When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. I love the way that Paul, he included himself in the list because a lot of times a pastor will say, died for you sinners. But it was us sinners because all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an up, up, unright person, although someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And I love the fact that God is not into perfection. You know, I can pretend. But those of y'all know me, no, that's just a pretense. And if you hung around me long enough, you'd roll your eyes and say, yeah, you think you're perfect? You're a perfect hot mess is what you are. But God loves me and he loves you. And at the right time, he sent out an army. No, wait, no, wait, he didn't do that. He sent out a savior who clothed himself in frail humanity. And he bore our sins and our sorrows to rescue you and me. And that joy fills my heart that God would come get me. Years ago, back when I was a teenager, Moses was in my youth group. We went on a, uh, a youth camp. And in the youth camp, we had canoe races. And uh, because I was a surfer and my best friend was a surfer, we could not compete in the same canoe because we just whoop everybody. We knew how to paddle. So it got down to the finals, and it was me in this canoe and my buddy Rick over in that other canoe. And he had somebody else in the front. I can't remember who he had. But I had a kid named Eddie in the front of my canoe. And I will tell you all, this is a true story. I'm not just preaching, okay? It's a true story. And Eddie was bound in a wheelchair. And they put him in the canoe, and he had braces on his legs. And so here we are. Now, y'all, this was in the 70s, and no safety standards were yet, you know, enforced. I mean, we're out there. Some of y'all remember those days, right? A life preserver, a lifesaver was something you ate, not what you wore, right? And so we just kidding. We took off going, and Rick and I were head to head, and our canoes bumped, and Eddie fell out of the canoe and sunk like a rock to the bottom of the lake. Immediately, Rick and I dove out of the canoe. We sat down, and there sat Eddie on the bottom of the pond of the lake with his arms folded, just looking. Just looking. So we snatched him up, took him to the surface, got him out, and I said, Eddie, weren't you scared? He goes, No. I knew you guys would come get me. No. I know that God loves me so much. He's going to come get me. He's going to put me in front of the good news I need for great joy. I don't have to live life afraid. I can live life with joy. Because God has come for me. Then the next level of joy is this that I could be made right with God, that God is not angry with me. I could be made right with God. How many of y'all are married? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you want to be married. No, I'm just, just got creepy, okay. But have you ever been in a fight with your spouse? Like you were afraid to go home because you knew she was going to be mad at you when you got home? And then when you got home, you find out she done got over being mad? And you're just like... Oh, Whew. 
dodged that bullet, right? Some of you girls will look at me and say, you just think we got over it. We're remembering it. We're going to drag it up. See, when my wife gets mad at me, she doesn't get hysterical. She gets historical. <laughs> but to have the relief that God makes me right with him. He's not impressed with what I do. He's not impressed with how I act. He loves me, but he loves me enough to take me where I am, but not leave me where I am. Listen again to what Paul had to say. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Can you believe that? Holy without fault in his eyes. When he looks at you, he doesn't go... He looks at you like I look at my grandbabies. Come here, baby. I love you. They were with me today. I learned some lessons today. Don't ever eat hot dogs before you have to preach three sermons, okay? Just, maybe that's a little too transparent. God decided in advance to adopt us into his fam own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. We could say it gave him great joy. The delight of heaven is to count you as righteous. And the way we access that, the way we get that, is not by the religion we hold or the ritual we attend, but by the relationship we have with this God who says, come to me. If you come to me, I will not cast you out, Jesus said. If anyone comes to me, I will accept them and adopt them, and to love them. Anyone. Oh, I can't think of a greater joy than that. And you know what that joy does in me? It produces what I call in the last level of joy, contagious joy. Contagious joy. Have you ever been around somebody that's grumpy? Now don't poke anybody in the ribs, okay? Some of y'all are around your relatives, so you're grumpy, right? But you know, grumpy is contagious. Did you know that? But joy is more contagious. When you're full of the joy of the Lord, your contagion spreads. In fact, it says in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, you know, Christians, we, we call the grumpy folk, the frozen chosen, whatever. But we should be the people with contagious joy. Because God has rescued us, God has redeemed us, he's made us, and that joy should be contagious. That We should want to say, hey, 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 you can get some of what I got. Come on. There's enough to go around. And in this account, this historical account of these shepherds and this angel and this baby and this manger and this Mary and Joseph, it goes on like this. Let me read you what the rest of Dr. Luke wrote. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Joy of God rescuing. Joy of God making us right with him. And joy that leads to a contagious spirit.
Do you know this world needs joy? In this kind of unbalanced political climate and social upheaval, we don't need judgment. We need joy. We need love. We need peace. We need hope. We need Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he makes all things new. And that, you know what that gets me? It gets me wanting to tell everybody about this joy giver. Good news of great joy that shall be to all people. Merry Christmas. Christ has come to give you life and to give you joy. Father, thank you for what you've said to us tonight in your word. And I pray that we will not walk out of this place stifled and confused, harassed and harangued, but clarified and comforted by your joy. Joy that changes us. Joy that brings us close to you. Joy that gives our, our spirits a contagious nature where we want to share with everyone that we have a God who loves us. We have a Savior who has saved us. We have a King who grew up as a child, a sinless, perfected man, died on a cross and rose again that we might have relationship and life in him. Lord, there's probably a lot of other ways you could have saved us. But you chose this pathway. And you chose to came to deliver yourself to us that we might be delivered back to you. And I thank you for this Christmas Eve. Folks, if, I'm just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed a second. I'm not going to do anything strange. I'm not going to make you raise your hand or walk the aisle or fill out a card or anything like that. But I do on this Christmas Eve want to offer you the greatest gift that I could ever offer you. In fact, it's not from me, it's from the Lord. Tonight, do you want to trust Jesus Christ to give you that joy? I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about baptism or membership. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about you and Jesus. Tonight, do you want to just trust in him? To give him your life because he gave his life for you. I want to invite you to pray with me a simple prayer. Pray it silently, not out loud. This is not my business. It's between you and God. But let me guide you with this. And just pray this prayer with me, just believing best you can and invite Christ to come into your heart on this Christmas Eve. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, tonight I give my life to you. Thank you that you died for me to make me right with you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and I thank you that you already have. And I'm gonna live for you. Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, I'm yours. Now, if you just pray that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. I will tell you some other things in a little bit about your next steps, but don't worry. It's a loving family. It's a family made up of all kinds of people, all nations, all tribes, all tongues, because the Lord loves us all. So Father, I thank you for what we've experienced tonight and I pray that this will not just be a, a, a thing we attended, but Father, this is an experience we've had and like the shepherds, we could tell everyone about good news of great joy. And I pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen.
must bear surprised And where this road had taken him Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why him inside this table filled with hair? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. To second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to say the word. I think of how it could have been if Jesus had come as he deserved. Joseph knew the reason of had to reach so far, and as he held the Savior in his arms, he must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade, why with all the rulers in the world? Inside this stable filled with her, why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to save the world. Strange world. This is such a strange world.